is our second service as we started last Wednesday night, this great discourse, the Acts of the Apostles. And we wanted to give you an introduction last week. We did so. And then tonight we're going to kind of elaborate upon that. I really want to talk about the subject of two views that we have concerning the book of Acts. One is totally incorrect. I think there's a lot of good people that are wrapped up in this incorrect interpretation of the book of Acts. And uh, even some Baptist brothers and sisters that have fallen prey to this uh, concerning when the church actually began and certain miracles and things. And then if you get into even other denominations that would uh, preach maybe the full gospel. I passed a church today, looked on the sign, it said something about the church of love, and then at the bottom it says preaching the full gospel. And what that means, if you want to Google it just to see if I'm accurate or not, but preaching the full gospel would be an assumption of the entirety of what's done here in the book of Acts. So they would uh, do anything from speaking in tongues, uh, a prayer cloth. They would do uh, acknowledge the fact of um, you know the supernatural abilities and apostolic gifts that were given to to uh, these believers in Jerusalem in the early portion of the book of Acts. And so there's two views, two mindsets of this book. And we're going to talk about that. I want to remind you, just some key verses, if you will, as we kind of go to the book of Acts, we have to look at what Paul says to understand and see and to put things in its proper context. So keep your hand here in the book of Acts. And we'll go, first of all, to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul says down in verse 13, Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Let me remind you that we're not following Peter, we're following the Apostle Paul because he is our spokesman for the dispensation of the grace of God. We see Peter in Acts chapter 1, but we don't see Paul in Acts chapter 1. I don't know if you've realized this or not, but so many Baptists will say that the church began with Christ and the disciples and empowered on the day of Pentecost. And yet, Christian, the word Christian is not even mentioned until Acts chapter 11. It's really staggering to think of there. Well, they were Christian in one sense, but not in totality, as we know the body of Christ is today, the church age. And so I'm just giving you this verse here, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus, to kind of remember as we go to the book of Acts, we have to even rightly divide this portion of the Bible too. Paul said to study and show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. What? Rightly dividing. The word dividing meaning cutting with a straight line. Again, a sorting out, sorting out the word of God, not in the mind of God, but in our mind. And may I submit to you that when we come to the book of Acts, this book is one of the greatest books that there's so many, uh, so much controversy over, so much disputing over, so many different religions have been birthed out of the book of Acts. And if you will, even Baptist brothers will say that it is um, at large a transitional book, but they submit themselves to the very first verse, the very first chapter of this book, as God is working in the church as we see in the early portion of Acts. And it's not. And so my uh, obligation is to get you ready to stand before the Lord, to have an understanding of God's Word, to see the Word of God clearly. And as you rightly divide the Bible, you have this uh, understanding of what is to us, what is for us, what is not to us. And so you may read Brother Gleason's mail, may learn a few things about Brother Gleason. You may read my mail, but it's not your mail. God has written you a love letter. God has written me a love letter. We find that love letter in 13 epistles that Paul wrote. 
And we thank God for it. But look with me also in 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2 down in verse number 2. It says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Again, we're going to look at two different views when it comes to the book of Acts. And what is the most popular view of interpretation with this book? And then the second one is the correct and the accurate. And that is, uh, when we go to the Bible, we have to submit ourselves to Paul. Again, these thoughts he is reminding us, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me. Paul wasn't birthed into the family of God until on the road to Damascus. And then called by the grace of God a little bit further on down the road. And so just because you see the word church doesn't mean the word church is referring to the body of Christ as we know it today. Uh, again, verse 2, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Look with me also in chapter 2, verse 7. He says, Consider what I say in the Lord, give thee understanding in what? All things. So even in the book of Acts, we've got to understand what Paul has to say about the subject. Uh, whether it be signs and miracles, some of those things. Paul talks about how they've been done away with. And so you've got these full gospel churches out there that think they are really doing justice to the word of God and fulfilling the commandment of God's word, and yet they're not because the signs were for a nation of Israel and God is no longer directing His attention to a nation. He's directing His attention to a body and that body is composed of both Jew and Gentile, bond and free. He says, Consider what I say, the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Again, that declaration, He distinguishes the Gospel of the death, burial, and the resurrection according to His. This is my gospel. He wasn't just saying this is what I preach as I do. But if you study that out, this was the revelation of Jesus Christ, the full understanding that Christ gave to the Apostle Paul, this mystery that was hid and revealed to him. And now he is saying, consider what I say, the Lord give the understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. And as we stated last Wednesday night, you go to the book of Luke chapter 24 and you deal with the subject of the Great Commission. And men, there's so many things that the Baptists want to adhere to and yet they're not consistent with all of those things because the converters have these signs. They'll be able to drink deadly things, touch serpents, not be healed. And they'll be able to... Uh, uh, well, let's just look over there. I don't want to... Uh, mistake it. Look, look with me. Go to Matthew chapter. Uh, excuse me, Mark chapter sixteen. Mark chapter sixteen. You guys forgive me. I left my Bible in Papa's car, and so this Bible I have is a good Bible, but it's not broken in. Look down, Matthew, Mark chapter sixteen. Let me turn over there. I was in Matthew. Mark chapter sixteen. And look down in verse, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven and sat, by, uh, sat at meat and unbraided them with their unbelief and the hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go in all the world, preach the gospel. Now again, the word gospel, by definition, it just means good news. But you have to go to the Scriptures and understand that there's more gospels in the Bible than just one. And here we have a gospel. You have to say, what is the gospel? That 
is referring to. Is it the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Just because it's talking about the word gospel after his death, his burial, and his resurrection? No. Because as we go to the Apostle Paul, that revelation was not seen in Mark chapter 16. It wasn't seen until the Apostle Paul came on the scene. And so the gospel here is still that gospel of the kingdom, Matthew chapter 10. And in that gospel of the kingdom, there's the command to the nation of Israel. And these, these, uh, the, the command was uh, to believe um, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning present. And the 12 disciples were chosen. They were chosen to go forth and to preach. Go over to Matthew chapter 10. I'll just read it for you. It says, uh, um, Matthew chapter 10. It says down in verse 1, And we called unto him his twelve disciples. He gave him the power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Okay? Now if you go from verse 2 all the way down through, well, verse 4, he gives the names of the twelve. Verse 5, These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them. Now that word commanded is important to understand when you look at the King James Bible, these other versions, they don't uh, adhere to the subject and to the truth that all Scripture is important. And every word's been established. And so these words are important. They're, they're there for certain reasons. And that word command is consistent with uh, this thought of Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 16. Let me just read it to you. Let me just read it to you. Um, he says in verse 15, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay? So there's, there's in a sense, a command. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. But what's the command that we find here in Matthew chapter 10? They are to go not to the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received freely give, and so forth and so on. You can go on down verse 9 and verse 10. And so that gospel is still inconsistent with what we're talking about in Mark chapter 16. Even after his death, even after his burial, and even after his resurrection, it's still the gospel of the kingdom. And so why are these things important? Because when you go to the first chapter, the very first portion of the book, book of Acts, he's talking to old Theophilus. You know the name Theophilus? means lover of God. If you look over, I taught last week how uh, Acts is volume 2 where Luke is volume 1. Now, these things that I'm stating are very important. Look over in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And look down in verse number 3. It says in verse 3, It seemed good to me also having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent lover of God, Theophilus. So, go with me to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. Now Luke is writing the gospel according to Luke. He's also the human feminine that God used to write the book of Acts. And nowhere do we find in the book of Luke, nor do we find in the book of Acts, the human feminine that God used to write these books, which is Luke, to talk about the mystery. Whereas Paul, his whole focus, his whole ministry was to who? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. The Gentiles. 
And in that ministry, the focus of his message would be this mystery. And part of the mystery, as we've already taught, is how this mystery has been hid. Ephesians chapter 3 speaks of that. And so these things are very important because your average Baptist will go to the first chapter, first two, three, four, five, six chapters, and where it talks about church. And again, as Pastor Tyler stated a few weeks ago, there's a church in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. Man, and we can't, there's no one going to disagree that there's not the body of Christ found in the Old Testament. Nowhere. But just because the word church is mentioned, sometimes it seems like these uh, that don't study the Bible in the appropriate way, or maybe they're just ignorant to the truth, they are sucked into this thought that these things were a part of the grace of God and the dispensation of the grace of God. Again, uh, look with me in Acts chapter 1. He says, The former treaties or declaration have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Those were his actions and those were his answers. But the fulfillment of that, if you think about what happens in the book of Acts chapter um, uh, look chapter 1, look down in verse 9. Now, 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 now think about this. Is the Lord still here in Acts chapter 1? Absolutely. For 40 days He's with them revealing Himself infallible proofs that He is the Son of God. That he is the same man that was on the earth a few months later that was crucified by the hands of the unjust, ungodly uh, men of Israel, right? So for 40 days He's with them after His passion. And the Bible says in verse 9, And when He had spoken these things, while they beheld, He was taken up, and a cloud received Him out of their sight. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as He went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Now stop here. Why don't angels, if this is a pattern for the body of Christ, I've heard people say that the book of Acts is a great pattern for us to follow the body of, the body of Christ and the church of God to follow the book of Acts. There are so many miraculous works done here in the book of Acts in such intensity and veracity and passion. And I agree with some of those things. But if this is for us today, why don't angels appear and talk to us in this format? There's so many dispensational things that are going on here. And again, it's for the nation of Israel. Still, God is trying to reach His nation. God is still trying to reach His nation. God is still trying to reach His nation. And these things are extremely, extremely important. Extremely important. Uh, I want you to think about this. Look with me. I'm trying to lead up to these two points. I may not get to them tonight. But look with me at three passages of Scripture. And I I want you to see just in the format of the Scripture how God is ushering out the nation of Israel and He's ushering in the body of Christ. He is directing His attention no longer to Peter, which is the spokesman, but He's going to be using one that was born out of due time, the Apostle Paul. And notice this, even in the words of Luke, as he is referring to Paul. And I think that it can be consistent. Paul, uh, Luke said in Luke chapter 1 that he, uh, he, he saw these things, he understood these things, he, did, he had a clear understanding of what he saw. If he had a clear understanding of the life of the ministry and the death, in the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's definitely got an understanding of the acts of the apostles. So he knows Paul, and he understands Paul, and he's writing about Paul. Look in Acts chapter 13. This is the progression of how God is ushering out the nation of Israel, and he's ushering in the body of Christ. 
Acts chapter 13. Look down in verse 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing ye put it from you, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. That was written at Antioch. That was done at Antioch. Okay, look in chapter 18. This is a progression of God's ushering out the nation of Israel, ushering in the body of Christ. Acts chapter 18, look down to verse number 6. And when they supposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I'm clean from henceforth. I will go unto the Gentiles. A little bit more. Look in chapter 28. Man, chapter 28. Here we are almost at the end of the book, right? Look down at verse 28. Be it known therefore unto you that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles and that they will hear it. Now it's peculiar. Many Baptist brothers will say and get certain doctrines they pick and choose that are not consistent with all of them. But this book is a great pattern for the church. But when you think about the church, man, is there any Jews here? I know God's saving Jews. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the power of God and salvation. To the what? Jew first. But also to the Greek. You begin to see this progression of how God is ushering things out. He's ushering things in. He's changing things uh, of this one to that. And, 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 and all of these signs, uh, all of these signs are just for the nation of Israel. They're not for the body of Christ. You know, I, I I said last Wednesday, and I'll say it again tonight, it would be amazing to live during these days. Wouldn't it be amazing? But you know what the Bible says? We have a more sure word of prophecy. So what does that say about my faith? I'm not sure. I think we're all kind of enticed by our sight. It'd be amazing to see Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ. Arise! And that man in that day on the temple step, the synagogue, he stood up. Can you believe that? Did that happen? Supernaturally, the power of God. Who could say, I wouldn't want to see that. Man, I would love to see the, uh, the God of heaven come by and touch my little girl's eyes and, and just transform her. He, 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 I, can, I can visualize it in my, my, my mind. How he would just touch her shoulder, and that purity from him would just filtrate and through throughout her body, and somehow her eyes would begin to grow and form and come into being, and then with clarity could, she could see, and then with her voice being able to talk. Can you see that today? If we're living in this time, if this is a pattern for the body of Christ, then Biddy Hen, why don't you get in the hospital and do the work of God? I mean, there's so many perverted views when it comes to the book of Acts. And it's not because we don't have faith. Oh, and that's the, you know, that's where they get you. That's the kicker. Well, you didn't have enough faith, brother. Because if you would have had faith, God would have done something right then and right there. It's crazy. 
Well, that's an easy out, isn't it? That's an easy exemption from what the truth really is. Okay, so number one, we're going to talk about the popular interpretation. Nearly, nearly all writers on Acts have assumed without the slightest foundation that it is the record of the birth and the growth of church for this dispensation. If you go to commentary after commentary after commentary, uh, uh, probably 98% of them, 98.9% of them uh, will submit to you that this is the foundation. Now, I will say that as we go to the Apostle Paul, Paul says that the apostles were part of that foundation, and yet Christ is the chief cornerstone of the church. And so there's some unique things there to be said with a different time and a different opportunity, but not uh, in the same format as they will say that right here they're going out into all the world and they're preaching the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ because they're not. It's still that kingdom. It's still that uh, that program. So let me just give you a few things to think about. Uh, I want to ask you the question, where does the popular interpretation fail? It falls short in a number of places. Look over in Acts chapter 2. Okay, if this is for the body of Christ, this is a pattern, uh, we're to follow Peter, uh, we're to speak in tongues, all of those things. Uh, let's just let's just see let's just see what Acts says versus what Paul says. Acts chapter two and verse thirty-eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's just stop. There's a couple of different things we can talk about. First, okay, repenting and being baptized in order to be saved. Are there churches that will teach that today? Absolutely. But then let's go a step further. I have to be baptized in order to be saved. And on top of that, I have to be baptized in order to have the Holy Ghost. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You know that Paul tells us that the day we accept Christ, baptized or not, the Holy Ghost is working differently today in the body than he did in the nation. And even here in this portion of the early books of the book of Acts. And you're going to see one of the great mysteries uh, revealed to us about the work of the Holy Spirit is that his, his program has changed, his work has changed, the way he has has uh, um, dwelt and not dwelt, dealt with people and ministered to people has changed, and it, it's it's you see his ministry kind of ushering out with these things and ushering in new aspects of who he is. And so, uh, look with me in Acts chapter twenty. Let's just kind of read a few things of what Paul says. Are we going to repent and be baptized for remission of sin? And do we have to be baptized in order to receive the Holy? ghost or does it just happen and we don't have to be baptized we just have that spirit of repentance in our heart Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 verse 9 for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast he says in Acts chapter 20 down in verse 24 but none of these things move me neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. At the early portion of the book of Acts, 
they're testifying still the gospel of the kingdom. And it's still that kingdom program. As we said last week, if you look in Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1, down in verse 4, I'll just read it for you. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. We're not preaching the baptism that John was preaching. Now, think about that. And I think I've shared this with you before, but as we're here in our study, this kind of can help you connect some dots of how this book is a transitional book, even with John's ministry in the kingdom program and the gospel of the kingdom and how God was working in this way and how uh, they had power over diseases and power over devils and, and, and all of those things. And even the way they preached. Uh, look with me. I'm trying to find it. This is just off the cuff. It's in Acts chapter, I believe it's, Eighteen. Down in verse 24. Now, if this doesn't show you that the Bible is just, especially in this point, it, 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 some people are so foolish, they'll, they'll fight against dispensationalism. I don't like dispensationalism because I don't like Schofield. Well, that's a good reason. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. I don't care if Schofield was purple. I don't care if he walked around with Trousers on his head and socks on his ears. It, God's words talks volumes about dispensationalism. But we, you know, Baptist people are the greatest for getting into camps. I shall, I shall, I shall not be moved. And that's the way they said in those camps. I believe it because brother said it and brother so-and-so has been my pastor for 35 years. And he's got four doctorates, a PhD, and a tadpole degree. Whatever that is. And yet here, here's, here. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man, and mighty in the Scriptures. Man, I hope that's said of me. Could we say, oh God, please, could you say any more greater things about this man? I don't know much about Alexandria, but an eloquent man, mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord. He had a King James Bible, 1611, right? And being fervent in the Spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. This guy's a great dude, but he's kind of, you know, he's kind of outdated. Not in a bad way, not in a way that he doesn't, he doesn't want to be outdated, but because this book is kind of, you know, the working of the Holy Ghost and the, Prophetical ministry, especially during the book of Acts, these things have kind of transpired. And so he's doing a great work, but he's kind of missing some things. Verse 26, and he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. More perfectly. And when they had disposed to pass to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, Helped them much, which had believed through grace. For he mildly convinced the Jews, and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. So again, you've got in the early portion of his ministry, he's preaching the Bible. He's eloquent, mighty in the scriptures. 
And yet he's still in an old program where the Holy Spirit of God and God's Word has kind of ushered things out and God's attention to the Jews is no longer there and the way that he's working is no longer the same ministry. Why? Because the Jews rejected that gospel of the kingdom. And the early portion of the book of Acts is all about God trying to reach his people. It's not even about a body. It's not even about a body. Look in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Let me just try to find it here. Verse 29. Wait. No. Acts chapter 11. Trying to find it. Trying to find it. Let me look at my notes here real quick. Verse 26. Yeah, that's it. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. In Antioch. You know, why is that important? It's important because as you think about the title uh, Christians, you know, it, it was a negative terminology. It, it came out of, it was birthed out of mockery to the Lord. And these Christians were mimicking Christ. But it wasn't just that. It was that the power of God was in their life and, and as they were ministering and, and serving and, and it was a sting of reproach. Their actions had caused upon the community. And so they kind of mocked them, Christians. But as we think about Christians today, you don't find that word mentioned in the Old Testament. You know, I've heard good preachers say, Adam was a Christian. Amen. Moses was one of the best Christians you ever seen. Well, and once it's the word, I can't argue with that because I know what he's saying. But in the context of the scripture, you don't find that word mentioned until Acts chapter 11. Was Moses a Christian? Sure, in one sense, but he didn't know about the earthly ministry of Christ in a lot of ways. They knew about a Messiah. They knew about a, uh, about a king. They, they, they knew about a lot of these things. And I'm just pulling that out again to bear witness to there's two different views uh, about the book of Acts. And so you've got a lot of apostolic things that are going on in the early portion of the book of Acts in churches and uh, good brothers are trying to make them fit for us today. Uh, here's another question. Where and to whom shall we preach? Okay, if this is a pattern for us, let's just think about this. Look over in Acts chapter 1. Now, please, before we get to this, don't stone me. Because I know that there's a principle here, and I'm not rejecting the principle, and I've preached this principle, even here at this church. But in actuality, a principle can be different than a concrete format or action associated with a doctrine. We understand that, right? So just think about this. Look in Acts chapter 1. Look down in verse 8. 
And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Well, let's stop here. There's a few things going on here. Because we just read in one portion of the book of Acts that if I repent and be baptized, then the Holy Ghost is going to come upon me. But then if you go to Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, they were in a house. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and filled all the room, right? Were they saved and baptized? Okay. Here's another thing, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, And what does that mean, power? What do these hands do? I can cut trees. I can open up a Bible. I can shake your hand. But the power that Peter did, I can't do with these hands. Even if you go over to the book of James and it talks about laying hands on the sick, let the elders of the church, right? And those are dispensational truths that are not for the dispensation of the grace of God. And a lot of, why is dispensationalism so right? And why do you need to preach it so much? Someone said you preach it too much. Preach it too much. Because it's the entirety of the Bible. It's to understand the Bible. He says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So miraculously, they were able to utter new languages. Look over in chapter 2. It says, the Holy Ghost filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and set on, upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the what? Spirit. They didn't go to college to learn those languages. The Spirit did this. And ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses. Now stop here. What are we witnesses of? Were you at the death of Christ? No. We try to give application to passages in Scripture because it's important to you. Historical context is important. We need to know the Bible. But somewhere along the line in this 21st century, we need application from this book. Do we not? So I want to be a witness. I want to be a Jehovah witness slash a.k.a. Baptist. Amen. But I want, I want to... But I'm not witness. I wasn't. I'm not standing here saying that I was at two thousand years ago at the feet of Calvary. They were, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Now think about that. Think who's the greatest witness, and who denied the Lord three times, and then the rooster crowed. Did he not need power in his physical frailty to stand for God? There's some supernatural things going on there. It says, but then there's an order to this decree. There's an order to, to this decree. And we're going to look at it in connection with the Great Commission. What's the order? Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So four divisions. There's the principle there. Amen. Go to Lansing first. Then go to Go to other parts of the country and then go outside the United States of America. Reach the whole world. But look with me in context with Luke. Okay? We're trying to study Luke with Acts. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. 
Luke chapter 24. Look down in verse 46. And said unto them, Thus is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. Again, are we witnesses? Sure. But he's talking to a direct group, a small group, a, a very small group of people that God is going to use to try to stir the heart of the nation of Israel because the nation of Israel has killed Christ. They killed the king. They rejected the gospel of the kingdom. And so the order in which they are to deliver this message is not only seen in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 as the Holy Ghost gives power to them, but it's also seen in correlation with Luke. And it's unique, verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name. His name among all nations, beginning with at Jerusalem. And you're witnesses of these things. I just think that as you look at some of these statements that this book, this transitional book, this book of great history, this book of God ushering in new things and ushering out old things and, and, and changing his direction, his attention from one group to another, that it's just blind statements that people make. And they make them very ignorantly and they make them even with good hearts that the early portion of the book of Acts is for the church. And there's a pattern here, but it's not. Even when you look at a different gospel, a different message, repentance and baptism, a different way the Holy Ghost work coming upon when you get baptized or even uh, before, you know, you're baptized. I mean, uh, as they're in the house and the Holy Ghost, mighty rushing wind. So where do and to whom shall we preach? Do we start in Jerusalem? Did you? Did I go to Jerusalem first? Did I go to Jerusalem? I mean, this is a Christian nation. Is Jerusalem a Christian nation? No. No. It's a Jewish nation, nation isn't it? I get the principle in the sense of going here first, going there second, going there third. But when you look at it in the format, he's not talking to the body of Christ. He's talking to these people. He's talking to these people. So uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Are we going... Uh, and then look over in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Now this is consistent with Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and uh, the message that Christ said, go only to the lost house of the sheep of Israel and as you go preaching uh, the gospel of the kingdom. But look in Acts chapter 11 down in verse 19. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to none but the Jews only. 
We did that today, and we did that with boldness, as the Bible stated it. I went through Lansing, and I knocked on every door, and I said, first thing out of my mouth, are you a Jew? And if they said no, I shut the door and went to the next house. If they said yes, I began to speak to them first. You know, these things are very important. Um, Also, look with me in Acts chapter 2. What about the economical status of this this church? The economical status. Uh, You've got some very unique things here with... with, um, Well, you can look over... with uh, chapter 2 through chapter 4, but you can look in chapter 5, and he talks about Ananias and Sapphira, uh, keeping back part of the price, and God working in a different way then than he does now. Brother Kyle, you ever had a piece of land? No? If you did have a piece of land, does God tell you to sell that land and give uh, a portion of it to the church, a half of it to the church, or all of it to the church? You take that land, you sell that land, keep that money for yourself. Amen. And 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 you know, God, He 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 told them that they were to take their goods, give it to the community, as that community in Jerusalem had grown to about fifteen thousand people, and they were to divide it up amongst the group. We don't do that today. We have deacons, but the original format of deacons was to help with that daily administration in the church. Why do we have deacons in our church today? Because Paul says that we are to have deacons. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 and chapter 2. Um, but their ministry is different. Their ministry is totally different. Brother Gleason was deacon for 45, 46 years. But he didn't go around taking the land that you sold to give to the church so we can all live off of that money until the return of the Lord. And he sets up his kingdom happens. Here they are waiting. So there's a lot of things going on. Uh, I think what I've tried to do is expose some incorrect interpretation and try to show you uh, wrong views of why this book is just a historical book. It's what God did and what God changed. It's not for us. It's not to us. Look in Romans chapter 11. And I'll close with these two verses. Romans chapter 11. I'm trying to give you some meat tonight. I don't know if you know that. I'm sure you do, but I'm trying to give you some meat. He says in Romans chapter 11 and verse 13, For I speak to you Gentiles, Inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. And then look at Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Down in verse 15 and verse 16. He says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. And so I kind of end it with, Paul said, consider what I 
saying, the Lord give thee understanding in all things. And it's important to, because when you go to Acts chapter 1, they're still preaching that kingdom gospel. They're still in that economy where there's signs and miracles and unique things going. And, and that ministry has been added to on top of, and here a little, and there's some more, and here's some more. You know, you got uh, Acts chapter 10, there's a certain gifts that he gives the disciples, but then when you go to Mark chapter 16, the converts, they have certain more gifts, you know, and then when you go to the book of Acts, man, there's even more gifts going on. And uh, so uh, it, it's kind of adding to adding to a building process, a building block. But then why, why does it stop? Why does it stop? Stops because the nation of Israel reject the message. They reject the message. And God, like He showed you those verses, Paul said, Okay, I'm no longer going to the Jews, going to the Gentiles. Going to the Gentiles. Going to the Gentiles. Does anyone have a question? Does anyone have a question? Does it make sense? I hope so. I hope so. And again, the cow can't eat the whole bell of hay at one time. Little by little. Little by little. And um, this view that I think a lot of good Baptists have, but they, they get it wrong. They get it wrong because um, still not under that kingdom program. Man, we're under the grace of God. 